0: what's going on everybody happy monday at the time of this recording uh the podcast will be live uh tuesday at some point me and matt both very busy monday afternoon so uh, by the time you guys will see this week 17 will be wrapped up and uh matt today you know different uh different format we're gonna go with our fantasy awards we're doing a little fantasy alarm uh Not the whole company, but you and I, because, you know, now we control the narrative at Fantasy Alarm now that we're the only two recording this podcast, we can hand out out our awards uh, and by association, Fantasy Alarm Awards. So, um, you know, all the running backs we're going to praise, sorry, Kevin Tompkins, you're being dragged into it. Um, You know, all the the players that other people don't like or do like, I'm sorry, you're being dragged into it as well. Um, But yeah, we're going to do a little Fantasy Alarm award show here for the... Fantasy season that just wrapped up, Matt. Um, 2022. Uh, first off, happy new year to you and yours. Um, 2022 season wrapped up. Um, we'll wrap up here on Monday night. Uh, what do you? What did you make of it? What are your thoughts on it? Are you um, good season, bad season for you overall? What, what's your overarching thoughts on the 2022 fantasy football season? Uh,
1: weird. If we're going to describe, very weird. I agree with that. It's a. It was a weird. Season, right? Nobody did what we thought they were going to do, just about. Um, I'm not sure any teams did what we thought they were going to do, <laughs> of a few, right? Like the, the Chiefs. Chiefs, Bill, Bengals, yeah. showed up. Everything else, yeah. I, I'm not sure anybody else could tell us that it was going to shape up that way. Um, scoring was down. So that was great. Um, and. You know, I'm, I'm still a little salty. I read off my roster to you in my 10-team home yeah. league before we recorded. And uh, I was picked to go. NFL.com at the end of the draft gave me a 13-1 and one record, which is also a kiss of death. Um, and I finished uh, I finished in second in that league. I got off to a slow start and then rallied. So I don't know. I had 10 or 11 wins. I can't remember. But then the guy I faced who I beaten twice in the uh, season beat me in the semifinals um he had his best year of the best week of the year and i had one of my lowest weeks of the year so i got beat um but i would just say weird overall like i went in on some guys that didn't do what i thought they were going to and then the guys i just took flyers on showed up so overall like 2022 overall from a all sports like all fantasy sports year for me was weird across the board NASCAR baseball football everything was weird so hopefully 2023 brings a little bit more standard stuff back <laughs> get to, you know my reads on things hopefully pan out a little better <laughs> this year
0: yeah I think I think um that was the perfect way to describe it weird um because I fully agree um something not weird though Matt was the fantasy football mvp of the 2022 season and we can start with you um and again this is your awards and by association fans alarm but your award um for your fantasy football mvp no one else's and nobody can take this away from you no matter who you choose even if it's wrong and mine's my is right uh who, who is your 2022 fantasy football mvp matt
1: uh so weird is probably a good way to stick with my mvp is <laughs> nobody really saw this coming but i'm going to give it to josh jacobs um hard to deny what that guy did this year i think he's what rb3 or, or rb2 in ppr scoring yeah rb3 yep um so that's that's nuts did anybody see this coming i don't think so he was being drafted as like an also ran right before we'll t- we'll talk a little bit more about values uh yeah. later on but uh he was being drafted like rb25 to 30 yep. in nfc ADP leading up to fantasy, you know the the football season. So for that guy to turn around and have a 1600 yard, 12 touchdown season with almost 400 receiving yards prior to week uh, 18 happening, I'm giving it to him because um, you never had to take him out of your lineup or worry about it. He was just going to show up.
0: Yeah, the the current overall 10th highest scoring fantasy football player on the year, and that could change. Potentially- Regardless. Of the yeah, regardless of position, and maybe Stefan Diggs, barring Monday night's results, but he's really the only one that could catch him. So regardless, he'll be in the top 11, um, if, even if Stefan Diggs goes crazy. Uh, I went with Austin Eckler. Um, I think not, Austin Eckler not only has had the most monstrous year, he's also the most likable fantasy draftee, I think, um, considering he participates in fantasy conversation. He does a podcast about fantasy football. He actively has people tweeting at him for, like, merch and all this cool stuff. And, like, that's amazing. Like, I know there's been a few more people, AJ Dillon, Eckler. Like, there's a bunch of people that do participate and, like, obviously are out in the public eye about fantasy sports and their appreciation for it and their like for it. And I'm sure everyone does it, but, like, it's much more private. I mean, we talked about the private. We know all about the fantasy baseball or about the baseball league that was, there were a, the slap heard around the world. Um, that's why I think these leagues are kept private. But um, Austin Eckler, I mean, he just scores so many touchdowns. Um, he also had 103 receptions on the year to go along with 800 rushing yards. I mean, there's just nothing he didn't do better than every other skill position player this year. He is fourth overall. Uh, only behind Mahomes, Allen, and Hertz in fantasy points. Um, which I think any one of I think one of us could have chosen Mahomes or Allen or Hertz, you know. But it's a lot more uh, I think rewarding when your running back has as many points or very close to your quarterback's points or or more than almost every other quarterback. So I'm gonna go Austin Eckler um, as my fantasy MVP. Uh, fantasy rookie of the year, I think. There's two options, I think. Uh, You chose one, and I chose the other one. Uh, I went with Kenneth Walker here, 936 yards rushing, nine touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Wasn't very active in the passing game. I think that he left a little bit to be desired there. But 26 receptions, 155 yards. And let's not forget, Rashad Penny, through the first five weeks of the year, was their RB1. Um, Kenneth Walker missed the first game of the year. He was kind of limited on his way back. Um and then Penny suffers a, a year and uh season-ending injury and Rashad or uh Kenneth Walker didn't skip a beat. So I'll go uh Kenneth Walker as my fantasy rookie of the year. What about you, Matt?
1: Uh I'm going to go with the other guess, yeah. play is what we're going to call it. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Olave wide receiver for the Saints. Um look, I'm not even sure most people thought he was the best wide receiver in the draft class this year, let alone Uh, Best landing spot for fantasy, given the quarterback situation coming into the year. And you had Michael Thomas that was back, although his foot thing popped up again. Uh, You had Camaro, who everybody expected to get a whole bunch of stuff. So it was kind of an iffy situation. And then he shows up and basically puts up almost as many PPR points as Kenneth Walker did. Um he missed a couple games along the way, but he had sixty seven catches, nine hundred and eighty two yards and three touchdowns. Again, they're you know, this is following week seventeen, so there's still another game to go, but to put up basically a thousand yard season with uh craptastic group <laughs> of quarterbacks and Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, and occasionally Taysom Hill, um, that's that's pretty impressive considering the fact that there's no other weapons on that on that Team. I mean, there's Camaro, but he had a pretty down year for Camaro. Um, So I'm going to go with Olave. You got two guys over there who, between Kenneth Walker and Chris Olave, both topped 185 fantasy points this year, which is pretty good for anybody, let alone a rookie.
0: Yeah, Chris Olave, wide receiver 25 um, on the year. So just missed out on.
1: Wide receiver two in 12.
0: Yep, size. twelve, yeah, In fourteen teamers. He's a wide receiver two in twelve teamers. He just misses the cut, but like I would accept that every week. <laughs> Chris Lav yeah, is my flex is. play, and uh, Kenneth Walker wide are running back nineteen. So both um very.
1: So again, they're they're twos in their respective positions yep. for fantasy. Yep. Yeah. Um, we're gonna
0: go with a surprise player at each position. Um, we'll start at the quarterback position, Matt, you can go first. Who is your, who is your fantasy surprise at QB
1: this year? So I'm going to go with a guy whose last name I always type incorrectly. And on the game previews, I have to type it twice. Cause it, it just keeps being a Freudian slip. Uh, Brett Flynn laughs at me every time I type it wrong in the uh, game previews, but it's Jared Goff. I type it goof. Jared Goof. <laughs> um, but he did not, he was not a goof this year. He's QB eight by most scoring, um, So that's a starter in basically every – even if you're only playing 18 leagues, he's still a starting quarterback for you. Uh, 4,200 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, only seven picks. We'll give him his 68 yards rushing, although that's like a Tom Brady-esque rushing line. Um, But, you know, look, it was an up-and-down year for the Lions. They started terribly, and now they're – you know, they they may need a little bit of help here to make the playoffs, but they're in the playoff conversation going into the last week of the season. And that's really due to Jerry Goff, who also, by the way, lost Amon Ross St. Brown for a couple of games there yep, and didn't have TJ Hawkinson after the trade deadline. So to still be a QB eight and to be without some key weapons, uh, well, one of them for half a year and one of them for a couple of games here and there, that's pretty impressive to me
0: and um you know the number one receiver taken in last year's draft Jameson Williams for 14 weeks so
1: um Jerry right. Goff has been when he come back he's not right. really been a factor right, right. so decent game and then the rest of the time yep. not anything yep so Goff has been
0: doing a lot um for the Detroit Lions mine uh they wrote off but he he didn't write back though uh, and that was a quote exactly from Geno Smith um who just buried his former team Sunk them, knocked them out of the playoffs. um, Because, again, the Jets, like a lot of other people, they wrote them off. But I ain't right back, though. Again, quoted from Geno Smith uh, after he beat Russell Wilson week one. uh, One of the best postgame interviews of all time. Um, It's currently in my Twitter bio. uh, If anyone wants to go look, that's in my Twitter bio. I think it's amazing. Um, But Geno Smith currently ending week 17 uh, no matter what. Because Joe Burrow and Josh Allen both ahead of him. QB6 on the year. Don't think a single person in the world uh, would have pegged Geno Smith. Not only a top six quarterback, top eight, 10, 12. You could probably go outside the top 20 um, for Geno Smith this year. Half
1: the people in the in the league and industry thought Drew Locke might Drew be Lock for half yep. the year. So yep. like- Geno <laughs> Smith, um,
0: okay. looking at things, Geno Smith... Um, I'm looking at where he was drafted, Matt. Oh, his ADP, you're going to have to scroll for a while. He is actually not, unless, uh, okay, Geno Smith, If just take a stab, 88 qualified quarterbacks um, according to NFC ADP, what would you suspect, and this was a search starting in February, so right as soon as the Super Bowl ends, where would you suspect Geno Smith's, um, ranking was in quarterbacks by 88 88 available to us
1: well let me let me say this i'm looking at it from july 15th through september 7th which was the night before the nfl season started and he's 69th out of 85 quarterbacks so i'm gonna go somewhere about
0: 75 yep 75 exactly um again they wrote (laughs) they wrote him off but he ain't right back though 29 touchdowns Four thousand. Okay, to to yards. give you an
1: idea, in july fifteenth through September seventh, he was sandwiched he was after Chad Henney, <laughs> after Nick Foles, after Blaine Gabbard, after Chase Daniel, Brandon Allen, Desmond Ritter was going ahead of him. He was going just in front of John Wolford, Sam Howell, Taylor Heineke, Colt McCoy, and his buddy there in Seattle, Drew Locke. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. going four spots after Geno in in ADP.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with
1: with the guaranteed starter in week one.
0: I'm (laughs) going to go with Geno Smith as my surprise quarterback. Uh, Let's move on to running back. Um, I went with your selection in fantasy MVP with Josh Jacobs for all the same reasons, RB3. Um, 1,600 rush yards leads the league, 12 touchdowns. We saw him in the last game of the preseason in the fourth quarter, and people were, you know, maybe it was to get him more refs, whatever it was, when you see someone in that game, it is not a good look going into the regular season. Josh Jacobs proved everybody wrong. He was amazing. Um, who is your surprise at running back position this year, Matt?
1: So mine isn't going to be quite, I guess, quite the surprise Josh Jacobs was. Uh, mine is Tony Pollard. Um based on NFC ADP from July through September, he was the 27th running back off the board. Uh, Currently in PPR formats, he's seventh uh, in running back. So he's got almost a thousand yards rushing, nine touchdowns, 371 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. Look, people were off of Zeke, but I don't think they were quite as like high on Tony Pollard or Pollard being an RB one this year. Um, so I'm gonna go with Pollard. He, he was, I guess, a little less of a surprise than Josh Jacobs, clearly. But it's hard to it's hard to find anybody really below him that really blew the doors off the joint like Pollard did, who is also, by the way, a, a Pro Bowl selection for what that you know for what that means to people. So uh, I'm gonna go with Tony Pollard as my surprise running back.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think everyone knew he could be good, but as long as Zeke was there, I don't think anyone suspected him to be this good. Um, over at the wide receiver position, who would you go with, Matt?
1: Uh, I went, I'm went. i going to have to go a little bit Homer, and this is going to take some explaining. I went to Kansas State uh, for college, and I got to watch a guy named Tyler Lockett play there in college. Um, so I'm going to go with, with Tyler Lockett as my surprise wide receiver. Um, not just for a homer pick but also because he had a very surprising year again in ppr formats he is currently wide receiver 12 which means he is a wide receiver one uh for 12 team for basically anything but a 10 team league he is a wide receiver one uh he out to this point he has outpointed dk metcalf um 80 catches 979 yards eight touchdowns um that's that's pretty impressive to me um for, you know, DK Metcalf was the 23rd receiver off the board in ADP from July through September, and Tyler Lockett was 43rd. So you're talking about a guy going 20 picks later, uh well, 20 wide receivers later. His ADP was 96, and Metcalf's was 49, basically 50. So you're talking 45 picks later, and you're getting a guy who outscored the other one. So I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett.
0: Yeah, Mr. Forgotten, I think, every year going into fantasy drafts. It's like, oh, this is the year he's going to regress. He's too little. He's this, he's that. And uh, he He continues to ball.
1: Turns out it was just Russell Wilson. True. Uh, Oh. Oh. Okay.
0: Gonna move on from uh, the Russell Wilson slander because his teammates love him, apparently. Um, And more than 50% went to his birthday party. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Amari Cooper, who I think a lot of people wrote off as well. Uh, Because he was leaving Dallas, and um, he didn't get the contract offer he wanted from Dallas. They chose to keep Michael Gallup instead of Cooper. Um, And knowingly that Deshaun Watson was probably going to be suspended, went to Cleveland to a Jacoby Brissett-led team anyway. And, uh, you know, just casually has scored the most touchdowns he has in his career. He has 76 receptions. He's currently the wide receiver 10. He has 1,100 yards receiving. Um, and this is a guy who has drafted wide receiver 35 on the year um, or was at least in terms of ADP was being drafted around, you know, in the 30s around guys I, like DeAndre. I, H-
1: Hunter Renfro.
0: Yeah. Behind Hunter Renfro. DeAndre Hopkins, who was suspended half the year. Um, Adam Thielen, who is like playing alongside Justin Jefferson, like Cooper was going into a situation where he was the
1: nobody knew he would play.
0: Right. Um, and 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 it's just like. Cooper was going into a situation where he was the clear-cut number one option. Um, But I think people were more concerned with what is Jacoby Brissett going to look like at quarterback. Um, And it turned out to be a a fantastic pick for anyone who picked Amari Cooper. It was a roller coaster ride at times. He was very up, very down. Um, But to be the wide receiver 10 by year's end is pretty special. So I'm going to go Amari Cooper. Over at tight end, you and I both, uh, you know, I think it's both of us just kind of, you know, waving the white flag, sending our salute to another Cooper, um, another A Cooper that we. This one we know, uh, Andrew Cooper, and and shouting, giving him a, a salute. This this salute to you, Coop, Evan Ingram, the tight end five on the year, almost seventy receptions, seven hundred thirty yards, four touchdowns in a bad, 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 bad tight end year. Um, I personally wasn't in on M- Evan Ingram, and that might have been my Giants bias. Um, to the forefront a little bit it was also panning out pretty well and then evan ingram came alive and won a lot of people some big crucial planet playoff fantasy games and probably into the championship week as well so uh, i think you and i both went with evan ingram there um let's go let's yeah, just start
1: one one quick okay. second All right. yep where do you think in terms of the the tight end off the board Evan Ingram was in ADP based on July through early September. Keep in mind, there are – there's a lot of tight ends. There's, like, 99 tight ends on NFBC. We're going to stick to, like, the top, let's say, 50.
0: Where do you think Um, Probably in the, like, 20 to 25 range, somewhere in there. 20. 20?
1: He was tight end 20 off the board. Albert O was 16th, and Juka was 17th. Higby, Noah Fant, then Ingram. Just ahead of Gerald Everett, Austin Hooper.
0: I mean, outside of like best ball formats, you're like not many people were drafting Ingram. Not with the last with it unless your yeah. last name was Cooper.
1: I mean Yeah, I, I don't I can't really fault anybody for drafting him twentieth on the title
0: no. List. no, no. Like I agree.
1: You look at the top ten, it's actually a decent let's go top. 12. It's actually a decent list, right? It's obviously Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts was third, Kittle, Waller, Schultz, uh, T.J. Hawkinson, Goddard, Ertz was ninth, Knox, tenth, and Komet was 11th, and Fryer was 12th.
0: Solid, solid list of guys.
1: And then we got Smith, Henry, Gusecki, Alberto, and Joku, Higby, Fant, and Ingram from 13 through 20. So, like, those you could shuffle, but, like... yeah. Nobody saw a top five except for maybe Andrew Cooper,
0: the title. Except name. for Coop. Except for Coop for sure. Um, speaking of people um who we thought were gonna have duds because that was me with Evan Ingram, uh let's go with our dud draft pick of the year. And I'm just gonna I'll start because I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna say his name and move on to yours because it's just you know, I think hello. Uh Mr. 101 this year, Jonathan Taylor. Matt, who's yours? <laughs>
1: Yeah, hard to – I mean, I took Jonathan Taylor in a couple leagues, and that sucked. Royally sucked. Um, Mine is DeAndre Swift, who was another uh, top – you know, according to ADP here, he was going as the eighth running back off the board, actually ahead of Saquon and Kamara. Um, And DeAndre Swift did not do any of that. He was not good – in really any circumstance or scoring. Mm-hmm. He got out touched down by Jamalfo Williams as Howard likes to call him. Um I mean everybody got out touched down by Jamalfa Williams, but <laughs> um he's like DeAndre Swift in PPR scoring is what did, what did we find out he's like Yeah, it, not not great. That's what, thirty, twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty seven, twenty six, twenty five, twenty fourth? So like RB two, okay, but you're drafting him as a bona fide RB one. Yep. yep. And he didn't do that. Like he hasn't topped a thousand total yards.
0: Well that and that to be fair too, that um his week seventeen performance is holding up his right RB two status. Like without that, he's um, like they're, a flex play. Yeah, he's a flex play, and you're take you cannot be drafting a flex play. In your in the first round, you're that's your first round pick. So I fully I fully agree with the DeAndre Smith call there. Um, let's go best fantasy value. Um, and now this was something that Matt and I were looking at. It's obviously you could select someone who wasn't drafted, but you and I both went with someone who was drafted. Um, because I think that's what value is. Like it's easy to say
1: getting to the waiver wire. And we're
0: also getting to the waiver wire pickup. So before you jump down our throats. Jump the gun. Uh, We're doing both. You know, make everyone happy. Uh, So who is your best fantasy value in draft season, Matt?
1: So um, all these zero running back people are going to just have (laughs) a day here, right? Um, We're going to go with Miles Sanders for my pick. He was coming off the board as RB34 from July through September. Uh, He was behind a guy we talked about earlier, Rashad Penny. He was behind Damian Harris. He's behind Devin Singletary, behind Damian Pierce and Ramondre Stevenson. So there's like five guys in split backfields. And Miles Sanders was behind them and just ahead of Kareem Hunt and Cordero Patterson. Uh, Miles Sanders is a pro bowler, folks. He <laughs> uh, 1,200 through week 17. He's got 1,236 rushing yards, 11 rushing touchdowns, not very much in the receiving department right 20 catches 78 yards not much but going from i believe he had zero touchdowns last year if i'm not mistaken uh from that to double digits this year and being basically a bona fide i think in my half ppr nfl.com league he's like eighth in running back scoring um so being the 34th running back off the board which you're basically drafting him as an rb3 and he's now your rb1 that's a pretty good value
0: Uh, I went with a guy right in that range, a guy that you just spoke of, and I went with Ramondre Stevenson. Sanders, RB13 on the year, tremendous value. Um, It is weird to see him not contribute in the passing game because we've seen him contribute in the passing game, but uh, I think we've seen it a bunch with running quarterbacks. They don't really throw it to their – Also getting A.J. Brown kind of takes it. Yeah, getting A.J. Brown, (laughs) yes, correct. Drafting Devonta Smith last year, getting A.J. Brown – during this year's draft, um, more likely to drive the ball down the field. Agreed, um, and you know maybe there's positive touchdown regression for Sanders next year because hurts still so many. So maybe we are in for another big year for Miles Sanders. Uh, but I went with Ramondre Stevenson, who I think did uh, do a vast majority of his damage. Yes, he's about to surpass a thousand yards rushing, and he did have five touchdowns on the ground. But where he made his fantasy money especially in PPR formats, is in the air. 64 receptions, I think, is not something that we should take lightly. That's fourth most uh, at the running back position, only behind Eckler, McCaffrey, and Leonard Fournette, um, ahead of Barkley, Kamara, Jones, McKinnon. Um, So I went with Marjorie Stevenson. He obviously benefited from an an injured Damian Harris uh, for large portions of the year. Harris definitely had a bad contract year for sure. Uh, But Stevenson has been a monster all year. Um, so I think he
1: was my best value. Loved your call with Miles Sanders as well. Um, By the way, I have both of them in my NFL.com home league. I have Sanders who's 11th in that league, and Stevenson is 10th, along I with got, Aaron Jones is ninth, and McCaffrey's fourth. So
0: pretty good,
1: pretty good, pretty good running back.
0: Uh, four four running backs in the top I 11. i I'd find say- out where
1: I took where. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find out where I took. Um, them in the drafts if I can I don't I don't remember exactly but I know I took McCaffrey like seventh overall because my teammate, my league mates are stupid but
0: uh hopefully your league mates are not listening to this uh Matt said it not me um uh, but yeah <laughs> so take allowing McCaffrey to slip to seven pretty uh pretty intelligent of you guys um best fantasy waiver wire pickup um Matt and uh I went with someone that we already mentioned I went with Kenneth Walker uh, there was a large debate in the middle of the year uh, about Kenneth Walker on the waiver wire, and people suggesting, "Oh, go pick up Kenneth Walker." He was fifty percent owned, and a lot of people that were complaining about it were saying, "Oh, let me join the league you're in. Let me join the league." Well, the problem is, you want to be a fantasy football analyst, but then when people analyze something for you know the masses and not just for you or our coworkers in the space. We're wrong. And now we don't know what we're talking about. Kenneth Walker was 50% owned in week six when after the week after Rashad Penny, um, or 50% available the week after Rashad Penny went down with an injury. Uh, Kenneth Walker, as we just mentioned, RB19 this year. Um, and then you're not going to find many better uh, waiver wire pickups available to you um, than an RB19 overall. We got Kenneth Walker again. Yes, I'm sure people drafted him but I'm sure a lot of people dropped him in the first five weeks when he was the clear backup to Rashad Penny when Rashad Penny went for 150 yards against, uh, I believe, the Lions. And um, Kenneth Walker was, you know, second fiddle. So I went with Kenneth Walker, Matt. Who are you going with as your best waiver wire pickup
1: of the year? Uh, I'm using a cheat code known as Kansas City uh, (laughs) for this one. And I'm going to go with the Chiefs backfield, like the entire Chiefs backfield except for Clyde edwards hilaire who was like a first round pick. Well, you're including
0: second. you're including Ronald Jones in that, right? Cuz Ronald...
1: No. <laughs> no, I want not, not even not even his teammates want anything to do with Ronald True. Jones. Sure. Um I'm going mainly with McKinnon and Pacheco, okay? So you're talking about how um Kenneth Walker was 50% out, right? In ADP, Kenneth Walker was the 37th running back off the board right way up to the night before the season started okay um now we come to the chiefs um we've got let's see i just lost where i was scrolling from Jerick mckinnon was 61st that's crazy off the board isaiah pacheco was 55th off the board and if you want to toss ronald jones in there sure he was 59th off the board don't go, don't,
0: um, throw out, jones. don't throw ronald uh, don't throw ronald all those cover your don't McKinnon throw in there.
1: has 285 rushing yards this year, but he has 512 receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns with 54 receptions. So that's 187 points in PPR scoring. Uh, Pacheco has 766 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, 130 receiving yards for 122 points, right? So McKinnon and Pacheco were easily top 30 running backs based off points and they went 55th and 61st in draft board. So they were, they were easily available. I know Pacheco had a lot of steam going into draft season, but still like you're getting, you're getting guys. Okay. So McKinnon comes in at like 20th, best running back on the season in PPR and you've got Pacheco who's like 35th, I guess, but still, you're getting a flex play on the waiver wire in Pacheco, and you're getting an RB two in McKinnon. It's hard to beat. Yeah, and to your, I mean, to your point, like we're I talking mean, to about give you waiver. Idea, Clyde Edward Clyde Edwards- delaird hasn't cracked a hundred points yet in PPR. Score.
0: Well, and to the point of best waiver wire pickup, it's not necessarily doesn't mean that we have to pick them up week two and they sustain this long season of success. Pacheco largely was available heading into the game against Jacksonville week 10. Um, he had, And then from there, he took off where he didn't have a game of less than seven, eight looking, eight fantasy points and mostly double-digit fantasy point games. Uh, he only had two games of 10 or more carries. He only had three with more than five carries up to week 10. So your week 10, uh, week 11 rather, or week 10, Jacksonville, if you decide to pick up Pacheco that week, if that was the week that they were, you know, they had their week eight bye, um, I mean, you lucked out. And and that was a great way of wire pickup. And same thing with McKinnon. If you had him later in the year where Patrick Mahomes has now fed him eight touchdowns in the last five games, um, you probably won fantasy championships. And that brings us to our next award. Uh, only two left on the board. And it is the fantasy football MVP. And I, too, I'm going with Jarek McKinnon because Jarek McKinnon, let's face it, there are obvious choices in fantasy football when you're saying like suggesting, oh, this is my MVP. And we could say Patrick Mahomes and we can say Joe Burrow's been tremendous lately and we could say McCaffrey's been electric. But who the hell? Thought Jarek McKinnon over the last four weeks, which was your postseason and and prior possibly the week into the postseason to maybe get you into the postseason was gonna go 132 rushing yards and a touchdown. He was also gonna grab 20 passes through the air for 222 yards and five touchdowns, six touchdowns in the final four games for Jarek McKinnon when they needed it the most. Uh Jarek McKinnon is my 2022 fantasy football playoff MVP, Matt, turning to you, who is your fantasy football MVP?
1: Um, I'm going to go away. My fantasy
0: football playoff MVP, sorry.
1: Yeah, there you go. Fantasy football playoff MVP. So I am going to go away from running backs here. We've been talking quite a lot about running backs, <laughs> which, you know, congrats to them. The year of the, and,
0: year of the running back, huh? The year of the running
1: back. Yeah, the like year of the running back, right? Like, there may not have been mass bulk, but. There was actually sneaky good performances. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who actually knocked me out of my home league's playoffs by his um, huge week a couple of weeks ago. CD Lamb. Uh, the last four weeks has had 27 catches, 350 yards, and three touchdowns. Good for 82.5 points. On the season, he has 285 total points in PPR formats. Um, so you know you're talking you're talking about almost 40% of his receiving touchdowns have come in the last 4 weeks you're talking a pretty healthy about a quarter of his yards maybe 20% of his yards have come in the last 4 weeks uh and about a quarter of his receptions have come in the last 4 weeks so you're talking about a guy who has really shot up the scoring uh leaderboards here the last few weeks because he's been Just an absolute beast. I think in week 16, the week I played him, I'm pretty sure he had two touchdowns that week. Um, So, yeah, while it's attractive to go with, you know, even Trevor Lawrence, who's been spot on ridiculous over the last three, four games. I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb um, because that guy, I mean, he was having a solid year before that. But to basically account for a quarter of your receptions, 20 percent of receiving yards. And nearly forty like thirty seven and a half percent of your receiving touchdowns in the fantasy playoffs. hard to top that
0: c lamb, I think has entered the upper room uh in terms of receivers, uh I especially in has- fantasy. yeah, he is on Goodbye. the year he is number six yep Jefferson hill Adams Diggs Brown lamb.
1: Um, right. and we, we could have gone with Jefferson, but he's been there all year. And he had a heck yeah, of but a week
0: 17, of, again, week 17 matters. Um, and Jefferson did not
1: show up. A decent game against the Patriots, even with two different quarterbacks starting on the ball. Um, but like CD lamb kind of shot out of no, I wouldn't say nowhere, but like he went from being like 12th to sixth in the last three weeks. So
0: yeah, he, he has been massive, massive fantasy uh, okay, contributor. Um, let's let's wrap this up with the comeback player of the year. Um, I'm going to be a homer and I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley after a disastrous 2021 season. Um, 1300 yards, 10 touchdowns, but 57 more receptions through the the air, 338 through the air uh, yards through the air as well. Um, and the Giants are in the playoffs, and I think there's a direct correlation to Saquon being healthy, the new coaching staff implementing Saquon um, in a role that said, hey, dude, we're going to work the shit out of you. Are you ready for it? He said, yeah, let's go. Um, and I couldn't be happier for him to, you know, in a contract year, still just 25, going to be 26 right before the Super Bowl begins. So um, I'm going to go Saquon Barkley as my fantasy comeback player of the year. What about you, Matt?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with another elite running back, and that's Derrick Henry. Um, he was on pace for a 2,000-yard season last year, halfway through the year. Uh, before he got injured and you know, everybody wants to, to talk about how, um, some other backs like Jonathan Taylor was a beast. Okay. But it took Jonathan Taylor three weeks of Derrick Henry, not playing for Jonathan Taylor to pass Derrick Henry in points last year. Um, and Derrick Henry comes back and is just a hoss. Like, you know, I know we didn't play on Thursday against the Cowboys in week 17. I know people are a little salty about that. And with every reason to, but just how much volume did he get? He had, the guy that replaced him in Thursday's game had 297 fewer carries <laughs> than Derrick Henry coming into that game, okay? Derrick Henry had 319 carries through the first 16 weeks of the season. The next closest dude on his roster had 22.
0: And that's right. hilarious.
1: That is like, I'm not even sure how many running backs have 297 carries on the year, Total, let alone 297 more than the next guy. Like, there's not, like, Saquon's at 295, right? You got Josh Jacobs at 323, Derrick Henry at 319, Saquon's at 295, and Chubb's at 290. The next closest is Cook at 253. So, in terms of volume, Henry is in a league of his own, 1,429 yards, 13 touchdowns. He also caught 32 passes, for those of you who say you can't draft it in PPR because he doesn't catch anything. 32 passes, I'll take it, uh, for 397 receiving yards. Um, not bad, not bad from a guy who missed half of last year and everybody wrote off because he gets too much volume. He's really only had like three years of being the lead back, so that's he's also just bigger than everybody else. So, um, I'm going back to Derrick Henry again next year. By the way, I think he's targeting. Um, so that's my comeback player of the year. I think it's got to I you know I think they're both equally deserving. They're both top five running back scorers, uh top three probably. Um, hard to be that for two dudes who either missed all of or most of last year. And that'll do it uh for today's uh
0: today's MVPs and waiver wire pickups and all of our awards here at Fancy Alarm from Matt. For my, um, this was the last two-minute drill of the year. We'll be back next year, potentially. Maybe not. Maybe we'll have a different format. Um, but, Matt, big shout-out to you for filling in probably half the year for either Dan or myself. Uh, big shout-out to Dan Malin as well, who um, wasn't able to make it to this final episode. And you know what? Big shout-out to me. Big shout-out to me as well. Shout-out to me.
1: Uh, oh, pat yourself on the back there, Grande.
0: I'm going to pat myself on the back because, you know what? I was here, too. Um, but but most of all, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you liked this award episode. Hopefully you enjoyed our content all season long. And uh, we'll have, obviously, the regular run-of-the-mill content for the playoffs and DFS. And we'll have injury reports. And we'll have matchup reports. And we'll have the whole nine uh, for the rest of the postseason. So good luck out there if you're playing in any postseason contests. And we'll catch you guys next year. And uh, everyone, happy 2023.